You're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life, a podcast about living with more joy, energy, and flow. We strive to help you create a healthier life from a wide variety of perspectives. We want you to glean some useful nuggets from each episode to help you be more in the flow with ease, joy, and purpose. So if you feel your life could be more fulfilling, healthy, and joyful, you're in the right place. Janet Barrett is a subtle energies empath and consciousness educator. She is the co-host of Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet on the CTR Network. Her life has been a fascinating exploration of what it is to be a spiritual being in a human body. Years of illness, whoo, years of illness sharpened her metaphysical skills, but only after she learned about consciousness technologies did her illness patterns start to change. Coming back from death and learning to enjoy life has led her to understanding that as consciousness embodied in a human form, we can create real change in our stories of identity and issues. Janet and I have known each other for about 10 years. Her spirit and knowingness have had a major impact on my life. Hi, Janet. Hi, Janine. Oh, how sweet. That sounded very nice. Thank oh, you. thank you. <laughs> Knowing I, you made a difference in my life, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, that's definitely from my heart. <laughs> yeah, heart to heart. Here we go. Yeah, great. <laughs> so you have so many uh, different talents, and, and there are so many different things that, that we could talk about. But what I, what we came up with for today was about reframing. Uh, it can be any any situation where there there's something that you have uh, an emotional reaction to something that you know sticks you like a knife or where where you feel anger or grief or I guess it could be any emotion really and so how to how to be able to look at this we'll call it an issue from a neutral place and um, without the emotional component and I think it's something that uh, well we all can benefit from so why don't <laughs> well, you you know yeah. what I would love is if you could okay. start with your your story a little bit oh, well, well, I, well I do we'll this to all my guests form. <laughs> okay look <laughs> we'll at the abbreviated form definitely um, let me see so I had the story and my story serves as reference now and that's what I think everyone is looking for, you know, we have a sense of needing placement as humans. We are relation-based creatures. So we always like to know and we're comfortable and we feel secure and safe when we know where we are. So the stories of our lives are our anchoring mechanisms to me. So I would say that um, I was very ill growing up for most of my life and I had an assortment of different things and (laughs) didn't matter what it was and but I knew a life of pain and I knew a lot of physical pain and I knew a lot of physical pain that doctors didn't get or just made life challenging and you know the thing about illness is that that's all there is in that moment mm-hmm. and it also challenges you in how you show up because it just brings everything that's it's just about getting to the next moment sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um you know we, yeah we've if we're fortunate those are just experiences right so when i got into i guess 
okay, last 15 years when I was in really bad shape. One thing that had developed over the years were my metaphysical skills, mm-hmm. and but they weren't bringing me joy. They weren't bringing me health. They weren't. They were just me feeling more stuff. So I've always had an uh, ability to feel energy, and whether it's being spoken or you know, observed or however you can experience it. I have felt it physically and I'm not a person that has a lot of boundary. That sense of self is not really tightly glued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I feel all the influences out there. Would you call um, that, um, that you're highly a- empathetic or I would, I would say that. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's the ability to notice subtle energies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we call them unseen. If it's a metaphysical background, you know, they have their language. They're going to use the empathic term. Um, and, you know, in different traditions and teachings and learnings, you're going to call it all different things. It's being very intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ability mm-hmm. to be beyond yourself. And the challenge so often, because everyone is empathic, it's just to the degree of awareness that we hold about it. Right. And because it's, it's one of those safety things, you have to know you're safe around you mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. And we see what happens when people don't get that input. And um, so mine was just very developed in a physical sense. I could feel it physically. Mm. So it could be very draining. I mean, how many people have gone to an event, for instance, and you just feel terrible. You mm-hmm. know, you, you're in the midst of a bunch of people and you, okay, I got to go home now. <laughs> Mm-hmm, and I mean, mm-hmm. I would have that to the degree if I went into a grocery store. If, oh, my. If I, if I went into a department store. You ever been in a dressing room that women have been in? I mean, you know, in five minutes, I'm just kind of coming unglued. Oh, and my goodness. A, that makes it hard to function. It does. It does. It really compromises and you have to adapt. So that was pretty much the, the theme of my my story of my life, my story mm-hmm. at that point. Till I got into learned the Ewan method and mm-hmm. that started me on a course of um, thinking outside of Western medicine and and giving me some ways to to observe differently patterns and I'm mm-hmm. going to uh, patterns and observe differently. Those are new terminologies for me uh, 10, 15 years ago. And it might be new terminology to your listeners. So mm-hmm. I got into what we call consciousness technologies. And so I learned Ewan and that, that made really brought a different appreciation to what I was experiencing as a human. Um, and then when I, and that just took me so far. And then I learned matrix energetics. And that was really a big shift in awareness. And that shifted it to where, okay, I learned about how I was showing up in in my box, which I was so excited to get because I had been so undefined <laughs> all those years. <laughs> you know, mystery degree. Yeah, mystery illness here and, you know, all these different things. So to find the box felt really good. And the box being your personality and your life and, you know, anything that holds you as you. And then Richard would challenge us. And I'm like, 
Okay, now I got to give up my box. Oh, okay, I can see. After it's not... you just found it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Now I. All right, I got it. And it and it was in that that it started to really shift from a physical level, and I was really able to start to make a difference in in how I was feeling life. So these days, ten, fifteen years later, I don't have those stories running. They're mm-hmm. still just a point of reference. But okay. I've understood the difference in how we show up and how the importance of reframing and looking fresh at what I'm noticing. And would you would you say that's a definition of reframing? Looking at something fresh? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's that thing about magic and miracles and those are just events that are happening beyond your current frame of reference and Mm -hmm. so if you free Mm -hmm. up what that what you think something is into allowing it to be what it seems to be like that gives you a little bit more distance to it and then you can go oh Oh, and then you can start to have magic in your life. You can start to have miracles in your life because you you begin to understand how you've constructed how you experience the world through your story, through your pat and the patterns that are there, and those core beliefs that are running about who you think you are and how you have to show up in your world. And mm-hmm. and so that's where the reframing has come for me is understanding if I'm in an emotional place, that's the human. When okay. I shift to consciousness awareness of myself as consciousness, the big all here, mm-hmm. then that gives me the perspective and I realize that I am just the human interface of consciousness and we're working together and stuff starts to show up different stories start to show up different issues start to show up different and it just frees me up to have this incredible life which mm-hmm. i need these days so it it sounds to me like it's a i'm almost i'm kind of visualizing uh patterns of intersecting patterns of lines and mm-hmm. it's just kind of in front of me and loosening those up so that uh, there's an allowance for more flexibility and more opportunity for something different to happen. Does that? Yeah, you got it. it Cause everything, everything are patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I th- think you've had Melissa on who, yes, <laughs> who yep. talked about all this and, and, and teaches so wonderfully about all this. Um, it's really about, if you're just bits and pieces of photons and light and some biophotons, which are some little bit of matter and resonance and frequencies and vibrations, and then you've got your stories and you've got patterns of information. Those are that's information. Your story and your myth, and I use those words deliberately, because most of us live a myth. We're projecting, we're we're inhabiting a myth. And I use hmm. the word myth because most of it is word of mouth. Or assumptions. Assumptions. Or because you're this member in this family and the the back history, do we really know? Because we know definitely from our awareness that uh, emotions change the reflection of what really happens. 
So okay. if you're listening to something about 200 years ago, you're listening to everybody's input emotionally on that event. Now, we're not saying the event didn't happen. Of course, something happened probably. But the interpretation of it, you get into how each one is perceiving that. And so pretty soon you come to realize, well, I just would probably, I'm projecting and fulfilling the story or the myth about who we are kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you really get into the holographic experience of con- as consciousness. Mm-hmm. So you realize, oh, okay, just because that has been doesn't mean my future has to be that. Doesn't mean that I have anything other than being present is where I can shift focus and I'll have that allowance of those bisecting planes of information start to expand and fall apart because we're taking them back into where there's potential and potential softens everything and it allows for things to show up different. Hmm. So say that again about potential or <laughs> well, yeah, uh, elaborate okay. on that. So the field of unified consciousness or the whole concept of consciousness, and there's lots of different labels for this. So you might call it God in one tradition. You might call it zero point field in the scientist tradition. Mm-hmm. You might call it whatever. You'll, have, you'll find that kind of term. It represents the all, mm-hmm. right? And for me, there's no judgment in consciousness. It's mm-hmm. warmth, support, non-judgment. And you take those things, you, you put those things into the picture where it's just support, mm-hmm. warmth, mm-hmm. and non-judgment. That's the infinite sea of potential. Mm-hmm. And it's where it's potential that becomes energy. And energy is something And then it goes back to being potential. And I think in the continuum, we tend to look at things as energy. Oh, then it could be different. Oh, but it's energy. And I'm looking at it from potential becomes energy becomes potential. So potential is the true state. And the more I access and angle my reality around that, differences, changes, stories, things happen differently. Hmm. So does judgment come from the ego then, do you think? Well, I think there's nothing wrong with judgment, okay? I'm a triple Libra, so, so I'm pretty <laughs> good about judgment. <laughs> you know, we, we have to have it in order to feel safe, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's a part. Well, and to discern, too. To discern. I mean- so what you have is you have an original discernment, and then you, have, you get all these places where you have distinctions along the line, and then at some point, judgment pops up. And judgment says, this is it. Well, there were lots of places in between. So it's really kind of the the spectrum of polarity, you know, out of duality. Because duality is going to say it's hot and cold. Well, if you look at all the different temperatures that can be between those distinctions, between hot and cold, you have a whole spectrum where any of those could have been the place where you decided, oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. And that right there was the judgment. Now, it can be good, bad, ugly, but from, and oh, this is another thing. I don't have a problem with having an ego. Because mm-hmm. right, right. ego is sense of self. Right. I just want to make sure that it's fluid, that right. it is not egotistical. 
It's not me better than someone else. That's egotism to me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with having an ego because I'm aligning my ego sense of who I am more fluidly. So I get to look at everything that shows up in my world and go, do I like that? Does that feel good? Why am I reacting this way? And there's where the emotion becomes important because it tells me how I'm holding this band of information, right? The Mm -hmm. pattern that we're not. And so in observing it and getting free of the emotional story a bit, um, enough where I can get some perspective on it and go, oh, what is this energy truly doing? When I do this, this happens. Hmm. Mm -hmm. If I want a different outcome, I maybe need to do something different before I get to the outcome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? There's all these Mm -hmm. steps that are into play. So. Okay. So is there a concrete example from your life that you could use that might help people to understand a little better what you're talking about? Hmm. Well, there's always the big one. Or somebody else's life. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, anything out of someone else's life is hearsay, right? I mean, that's just their interpretation and then my interpretation of their interpretation. So so I, I, I try and own my experience and tell you at some point in my life when I was getting into this, I had the awareness that I was dying physically. I mean, there wasn't <laughs> there. It was rough in here. And and I was doing and learning things and that didn't take away that sense. And so it was when I got into matrix energetics, really, that I got the physical component in a physical enough way that it registered that I was creating my world and that Mm. my disease Mm -hmm. patterns were a creation of me expressing itself and it was me as consciousness expressing itself as me janet Mm -hmm. and uh was i happy with that i was not happy but i i was very successful in what i created (laughs) (laughs) most of us are yeah Yeah, all Mm -hmm. of us are very successful in what we create whether we like what we create or not but we created it there's no victims in here Mm -hmm. you know that's an important thing is To take judgment out means there's no victims. There's no abusers. There's no victims. There's just energy intersecting. And the energy that you intersect with is because of what you've created. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people people have a hard time with saying, well, I've been raped or abused or whatever the story is. And those are, I, you know, I'm trying, I don't want to say they're great stories. They're just moments of creativity. Right. That bring that person into some alignment of awareness of themselves as consciousness. That is not for me to judge. And I wouldn't want to be in anyone else's shoes. And trust me, nobody would want to be in my shoes. (laughs) You know, we're we're generating our stories here. So um, let me see. Oh, so, yeah. So I've, you know, I just when I started learning that I would this was my story. And that I was the author because I took the victim out and I could just look at it, stand back and go, oh, this is not the outcome I want. Um, Then I can do something about it. And can I do that? And that's what my life has become about how to take that 
and it's been well documented. That's one thing I did when you when you go through Western medicine and you have lab reports and mm-hmm. reports and surgeries mm-hmm. and processes and all that stuff. And how to how to regroup from that. And so I think at this point in my life, um, I have don't have the pain I used to have at all. I don't have the disease patterns. What I'm dealing with is functionality that's come as a result of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can offer you that as probably going, okay, I haven't had the sense that I'm dying for the last 10 years. And it was nice. really, yeah, and it was really powerful in my life. And mm-hmm. the, that has brought me so much awareness. There's just been such a gift in that, Janine. I don't, you know, we we can all look back in hindsight and go, oh, if I only did this or I only did that. You know, and that's judgment. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. judging. That that and it, that's at core what holds us stuck in our stories, and that is that one needs to suffer be, for being human, and that's kind of mm. you know I I stretch that as much as I can. <laughs> I want that to be as expansive because I realize as consciousness everything is is it's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, if right. I'm patterning myself after pain, for instance, that's my everyday thing in whatever form that may take. That's just one small part of life. Who's the next mm-hmm. guy who just, just knows how to be happy? I'm like, well, why, why aren't I happy? I'm doing the same things. Well, it's because I'm choosing to experience a different slice, slice of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to do it differently. I can do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wonder about, too, is especially um, for myself, because I've got my chronic issues, mm-hmm. but it's like, where... Who would I be? How right. would I be without, like, without being tired all the time? Yeah. And having to take naps. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's the part of me that really wants to let go of that and, and have it be different. But there's the other part of me that it's part of who I am. Well, it's part of who you've been. Right. Do but you I hear mean, the you difference know, in that? Do you yeah, hear the difference yes, in okay. that? Yes. So, so it's like that's been the story to this date. And if you can be honest with yourself, which is what we all are looking to do, and that's why what heart-centered awareness and consciousness are about, is going, okay, let's take the judgment out of that and just notice what's showing up. How are you different because of focusing your life that way because that holds you to a certain focus right and it allows you to experience life in a certain way and so what if we just say screw it let me enjoy having a nap (laughs) what happens if you didn't have to feel guilty about it you didn't have to have any kind of judgment about it oh and it became an act of self-care because i think what you're articulating and describing well Janine, is how we've become a doer society as opposed mm-hmm. to be. We're being. That's true. And that's so- true. And that's something Melissa talked about quite a bit uh, was uh, the the being and then doing as opposed yeah. to just 
doing. Yeah. yeah. So you're a being first and how you express yourself in the world is your doing. Mm-hmm. But your doing is coming well said. from an integrated place. It's not coming from a motivated place, which is usually if you're going to use the word motivate means it's coming from an outside source. There's some kind of difference, and I'm very taken with language, so I listen to language because I can sense the energies in these things. Um, I don't want to be motivated. I want to be self-directed. Okay, I get the difference. Because I was thinking, I can motivate myself, but I I see what you mean about that being... I don't want to have to... I want it to just be a natural expression. It's just inherent that that's where I want to flow. So I've kind of learned over the years, and I can use the excuse of the illness because it kept me on my back and reading a lot <laughs> because <laughs> I lost my physical you know, expression to a great degree, mm-hmm. that um, I learned to not push. I learned not to force myself to do things because when I was forcing myself to do things from a place of resistance that's not healthy to me so when I can go okay why don't I want to do this oh that's good because I don't feel well okay that can become the excuse or it can become well why don't you want to feel good why what what is going on here um is there some way to look at this in a different way and I do that as much as possible I mean there's some days I'm not walking (laughs) right Mm, because mm -hmm. I can just feel in myself that there's not that information present so instead of beating myself up about it I just go okay that's where I am right now and let's check in tomorrow right and um so I think it's just We're so used to forcing things. We have this power force thing that got started with whomever. And I think it's just a male thing. (laughs) (laughs) Women don't think about power and force. We look at it a whole different way than men do, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you move move your hip when you need to move something. And, (laughs) you know, we don't power things down. Um, And we don't force them because we're used to being forced upon. So we don't respond that way. So it's just a different um, way of being. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's as I shift more awareness out of the need to do something for doing sake to validate my experience as a human, and I give that up and I go to, hmm, I just want to be. What would that be like? What would I want to do if I was just being? So, And there's no mm-hmm. judgment in that. There's nothing wrong. You know, it gives us, our experiences give us a way to look at who we are, right? It's not the be all, end all. And I think that's important. If you're in the mindset, reality set, that this is the way I'm showing up, this is the way I've always showed up, then you're into the myth of who you think you are. You're into the story Mm -hmm. of who you are. I wouldn't be that person. I wouldn't be who I am if I was to do this differently, right? A lot of people really empower that crap. Pardon, mm-hmm. pardon my judgment word there. No problem. But it's limiting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what? Is so, it? Janet, how would you define being? Because sometimes when I think of being, I think, oh, it's like non, you know, just like a vegetable <laughs> <laughs> sitting oh. around or oh. meditating <laughs> or. You know, but, I, uh, but a vegetable can be very dynamic, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> 
in being a vegetable, they're very dynamic. <laughs> as, vegetables go, as vegetables go, as vegetables go. It takes just as much to be a rock as it does to be a vegetable. So, so you know, how would I define being? Um, good question. Well, if you take the doer out of it, you kind of fall apart, don't you? Well, yeah, that's kind of yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, you know, because it, that's a hard encasement. You can feel the energy of that. Mm-hmm. And you can feel the tension in it. And the tension in that is different than the tension in being. Because everything that is alive is t- in a state of tension. It's either stressed, which is too much, or rest, which is less stress, <laughs> less mm-hmm. tension. Mm-hmm. And so we can do what we need to do when it's appropriate. And so I think we have gotten out of alignment. So with, with our thinking has become more powerful than our being. Being comes from the heart. I think more oriented and I don't mean heart in the emotional sense. I mean, in the field of unified consciousness sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to look at the things that have that human focus on them and go, Hmm, okay, this is, this is something that's built up. This is a morphic field of information. So, so for me, being is about, okay, if you just go right there right now, being is just this flow but it's Mm. a flow that doesn't have any form or shape to it it's just this expansive awareness i think so it it doesn't mean you're not just sitting on the couch so what what just came to me and I, i may be totally off but is that perhaps doing is more outer directed outer uh uh, an outer force and being is more coming from what Melissa would call your true authentic self. Right. Right. There is, you know, in order to sustain life, you need food, water, home care, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you are motivated. See, there's the word mm-hmm. motivated to go get the water, to get the cooking pot, to get the, you know, because you're, you're trying to survive, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it's kind of maybe the attitude of when you're doing your action. So when you're in a state of beingness, going to fetch the water a mile down the road is not the chore. It is an expression of, oh, that's what I need in order to be over here and be real and to be present and alive. And as opposed to, gosh, darn, I can't stand the way I have to do this. You know, you feel this attitude, you feel this obligation, you feel this responsibility, and you're not in the sense of being about it. You're in the sense of doing. Mm-hmm. I can relate with uh, having two wood, wood stoves to stoke <laughs> during the winter. I mean, sometimes yeah. it is. It's, it, yeah. I, I, I just thought of that as an analogy. Sometimes it is, um, I actually am doing it from a place of joy. And, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's like, Oh, God, yeah, I wish I I wish I had a gas furnace right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and life is different, because you have a wood stove over a gas furnace. 
right? Mm-hmm. It organizes mm-hmm. your day. It organizes your time. It just restructures. So, you know, that's why we're all in different places. It's how we structure our life. And mm-hmm. for me, that being is coming from I'm enjoying whether I'm conscious of it or not, I'm enjoying the experience of being alive. And a lot of people feel that very threatened and feel that very compromised. And they may live in situations where they're under compromise or threat, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so you, you're not, you, it's hard to have perspective in that. It's hard to be True. anything other than uh, in the immediate need of, of survival. Mm-hmm. So, Oh. Well, I mean, one of the, I, I recall in nursing school, one of the, you know, the first, or a psych, I forget what it was, but, you know, until you have, <clears throat> excuse me, Maslow's hierarchy of needs met, right, right. Uh, y- you know, it, it's hard to go into this place that we're talking about here. Right, right. And I think that's kind of, you know, the the awareness that the indigenous people have you know, it wasn't doing came out of that surviving place, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't because they needed things, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't Mm -hmm. because they were doing it for business. So you can see where you lose, you start to lose that nourishment that comes from being and doing as opposed to doing and being. So it's a, it's a invert of, of those dynamics, I think. So being to me, is sometimes my being is really happy physically and sometimes my being mentally is really happy and sometimes my always my spiritual sense is really delighted even when I feel mucky on those other levels because I realize that oh okay that's experiencing this and I'm not going to judge it too harshly I don't think I'm much kinder to myself mm. That, I think, is a good point. Yeah. Because I don't think many of us are very kind to ourselves. We're, oh, very hard, yeah. we're very hard on ourselves. Well, and that's that critical voice, and that's that judgmental voice, um, and that's been indoctrinated and trained. And that really, a lot of reframing is about that. It's about how to hear the critical voice, or understand that that's what's working and then just make a different choice and in in heart-centered awareness that's 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 piece of cake that makes it all the difference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have so to, how how do we reframe well you have to be willing to reframe <laughs> I think okay well no i think that's a good point because you have to, a you, lot of people yeah. don't have any sense that they have any part in what in their life, they don't have any sense that they're creating it. I've said to people, even if you can't see how, you at least have to have an awareness that somehow you are creating your life the way it is. Otherwise, you're just a victim. And and if you're a victim, you can't, there's nothing you can change if you're a complete victim because the control is totally outside of yourself. So what we become victim to is our own sense of control that critical voice. So, you know, it's self-sabotage. It's it's all that language that you can use that keeps us small and limited and in our box of who we think we are in our identity. And you know what? There's no judgment in that either. 
Um, you know, we so want to react to when we see someone doing something that you and I know, obviously, that there's a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep doing it. And you go, get a clue. And they don't get a clue. And right. because I'm in judgment about it. So yeah, it's you know. hard. It's I've, I've been there, you know, sometimes it's hard not to be in judgment about well, that. It it's is. Like, God, and, come on. And especially when it's so indiscriminate and allowable. Mm-hmm. Most of us, mm-hmm. and, and this, if you know me long enough, this is my personal beef. I think we are so poorly emotionally trained <laughs> as a species. Mm-hmm. We don't value what it is to be human. We don't mm. value, you know, most of us are treated like cannon fodder by others and by mm-hmm. ourselves because it's like, oh, you know, right. I keep cutting my toe like that. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And keep on cutting your toe. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no curiosity. There's no questioning. There's no allowing that it could be different. We just assume that that's the way it's been and it'll always be that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what does us in, because mm-hmm. right there. So you asked me about the power of reframing or how to how mm-hmm. to reframe. Okay, mm-hmm. so first thing is you got to realize what you're doing, <laughs> and then you've got to realize what it would be like to listen to yourself. How do you and, mean? Well, you know, we're all taught the lie as children. You know, when you have felt something and someone else said, no, that's not right. Uh, uh-huh. this, is, this is the way it is. Uh-huh. And we just took that in. And so what uh-huh. happens over time, if you're getting enough of that language, is you, you get developed people who don't have any inner clarity. People that can't hear their own wisdom and recognize uh-huh. it because they're not entrained to listen to their own and they grow up with heart pain. They grow up with illness. They grow up with lots of different things because there's a difference between what their knowledge and knowledge at that, but not knowledge, their knowingness Mm -hmm. has been holding and their inability to be able to access it to the rest of themselves. Because the the state of unified consciousness and heart-centered awareness, whatever you want to call it, is about the authentic voice mm-hmm. where there's no bias to it, okay? Because as we grow up as individuals, we develop our perceptual biases, and that creates the story, and that creates the myth of who we think we are. Those are the perceptual biases that develop around a per- certain discernment that you are engineering as you this lifetime. So when you're present with that, where'd it go? The thought just went someplace. Hmm. Okay. And tracking that. <laughs> okay. This I'm glad I'm not the me. only one. No. Oh, it happens to me all the time. I <laughs> oh call it, goodness, a, right? I call yeah. it, I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> oh no, it's having a youthful moment. Let's put it that way. Uh, don't do yourself in. Um, a wisdom moment. There you go. It's okay. We're I, tracking I energy. I you know, that. I mean, that's what we all do in this field. Um, and that's what we all do. Right. Whether we're in this business or not, on some level of awareness, you're, we're all tracking everybody else because we're all one. So I'm firm believe Right. That. And my sense is that it has to do with your 
how developed your intuition is and how much you trust it. And if, mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. when, as you're growing up, if you're constantly being told that your intuition is not correct, it becomes very hard as we get older to trust our intuition. Totally. Totally. So when you go to reframe, you have to be able to notice the difference between what those influences are and the difference between what you feel they are. Right. And so in in realizing it's not how you think about things as an act of mind. For me, thinking comes from heart. It's coming from the heart-centered awareness. That's where I want my thinking to come from because that's where I explore stuff. That's where potential is. And then we slip back into the reality and your brain, your mind will go, no, that didn't happen. And it'll flip, right? Because reality is changing all the time. And we just keep recreating the same thing over and over. Or we allow ourselves to recognize it and allow it to transcend us and, and transcend mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think one of the, the main things that matrix energetics did for me is uh, helping me to understand the difference between being in my head and being in my heart and learning how to drop down into my heart and come from the field of the heart, as opposed to from the thinking mind and the. Right. And we, we even have to watch our language with that because we'll trigger a lot of people when we use the word heart. Right. And they think emotion. And we're not uh-huh. talking emotion. We're talking uh-huh. about where we're all one. Right. And when you use that, it's the core essence of all. And that's one thing Joan and I look to make people aware of on our show is that I'm always accessing that, setting that up for the listener. And we take people mm-hmm. into that place. And you can feel the difference. And, um, okay, in that state, potential is real and potential is active. And that's where stuff can happen. And I get that in groups and I get that in any kind of events or with my clients is that we shift to that state. We engage that state and you can feel it physically. You can think Mm -hmm. it. You can react all kinds of different ways. Janet, Mm -hmm. would you like to assist or facilitate (laughs) our listeners into experiencing that? I hadn't planned that, but it seems like a... The being this, the being <laughs> next step. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, certainly we can do that. We can do, um, I think if people just stop, okay, that's one thing about being present is that you can, you, you can feel you're like a line in the sand and all this story. Okay. Right in this moment, this is the way I'm noticing this is that our past is like just mowing us down and it becomes a future. So what we're going to do here is just bring our awareness to right now because most of us are mindsets. We're engaged in our thinking and the doing part and the part that it can even listen as you and I are chatting here, right, is like, oops, I got to do this, the dishes and, you know, pick up the boys and whatever it might be. So the part of you that can listen. So we're going to call on that part for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what that would be like to recognize that you have a part that could listen. See, a lot of this just gets so basic. And it's about lining up um, intention and expectation, for instance. We can want things like crazy. And, and then the voice goes, but. And as soon as you hear the but, 
That's the expectation talking to you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the level you'll get to. So unless you can align those, you'll never have effective change. You'll never get what you want because the but is the expectation and that's the mindset that's running. So mm-hmm. it's how to change that reality. So if everyone who's just listening now and time and space are not, don't mean anything in consciousness, um, so whatever time someone might be listening to this, they can be mm-hmm. in this moment with us and just notice what it'd be like to just stop. There we go. I can feel that shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing great about Emmy was about, you know, it's about accessing. It's also about direction, though. And anymore I realize I've kind of lost my directions in that bringing just bring your awareness okay as opposed to saying drop out of your head and it's just bring your awareness to physical heart start there Mm -hmm. and just notice your physical heart and take a moment of appreciation that it beats Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it doesn't, you be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. for no other reason, you can be in a state of appreciation about that. And just what it'd be like to revere it. You know, we had a guest on our show, a gal from Costa Rica, I think it is. And, and I'm not going to pronounce her French name. It's, uh, it's on the tip out there. Anyway, she does whale and dolphin Event. Mm. And we had her on the show because we like to have guests that will deepen and enrich the show vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she was talking about how the blue whale, largest creature in the world, had the heart of a size of a Volkswagen bug. Oh, okay. my goodness. <laughs> okay. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> so when you access that state of that blue whale, this is what we're going for here, people. Mm-hmm. It's okay. picture the Volkswagen bug out, out there. Mm-hmm. And if your heart, physical heart, was that big, hmm. just allow yourself to enrich on that because that is how powerful it is. But you'll notice that there is no story here. Mm-hmm. There's no thinking. There's just about mm-hmm. being. And you asked about being. Mm-hmm. What does a blue whale think about? I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's really deep, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who says anything to a blue whale? Nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who who tries to control it? Nothing. I mean, just allow yourself to be that, have that big a heart. And then the emotional terrain, that's the second meaning of heart. And so a lot of people react to emotion. Um, and so we're not talking about that. So just notice having emotions from a neutral place. You've got several running. Just notice to acknowledge them. That is the human interface of consciousness. And it is what empowers us to do something. So when we want to be moved energetically, we want to move in the world physically, this is what emotions do. They move us. So just... Embrace and notice those emotions, however you notice them. Just put them over there. They're fine. No need to judge them. (sighs) There we go. And sometimes we get stuck because we've got a lot of unresolved emotion that we carry low in the belly, which is where we seem to physicalize emotional energy. So just notice that. 
and those are dictating neurotransmitters and all kinds of things. So it's important quality to be aware of. And then the third meaning part, which is the core essence of all. And this is where we step out and lose form. This is where it's kind of like just stepping into space. This is where we are all one. We are just bits and pieces of light and photons and biomass, a little photons, biomass, and resonance and frequencies and vibrations and information, which are those mm-hmm. stories and myths. So just notice that. So there is no longer you, there, me, here, and our audience, wherever they might be. We're just all interconnected. And you can feel how that just shifts to being. There's no agenda here. Mind creates agenda. Mind says, I have to do something. Mind creates way to hide the agendas. Because you get an overlay of information with patterns of emotions, et cetera, et cetera. And now you can't notice what the agenda is. It just Mm -hmm. gets colored over. So that's where the reframing is really important because it's removing those emotional structures and everything else that's involved in that. Okay. And there's some shifting going on. Mm -hmm. And just being open. So if we're in the present, what might be different? This is the infinite of potential. So this is where everything gets kind of soft. And this is where we get to play. And this is where we can appreciate the deeper resonance of personal experience and emotional integrity. And we can go beyond that. This all starts to soften. Because every story is, is wrapped up in emotion. Mm-hmm. And so when you reflect on it from time to time, it, your story is no longer the past, it's the present. And this is what's really important, is you can feel how we keep the past alive in the present. And if it's alive now, then it's dictating into the future too. Because unless you have a moment of awareness and you feel that state shift, There is no change in the future. It will follow the dictates in that pattern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you notice? I'm noticing expansiveness right now. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the beingness, I think, that we were talking about earlier. Mm. And it is not so much... uh, Let me see. Meditation is a wonderful thing. Meditation has a lot of ritual. Usually with it, you have to stop and drop focus, you know, give yourself 20 minutes and stuff. And the thing about consciousness technologies and consciousness is that there is no time or space in consciousness. Mm -hmm. So really really what we're creating in a meditative practice, and I make no judgments because meditation is a wonderful thing, is that what if you don't have time? for all that Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. still need that hear that clarity because that's what hopefully comes out of meditation is you stop thinking right Mm -hmm. stop Mm -hmm. you're stopping the mental busyness and you're going to mindfulness which is out of this heart-centered awareness state Mm 
Mm-hmm. So it's, but I need that now. I mm-hmm. don't have the time, you know, <laughs> I'm on right. the phone, right. I'm in the store, I need to make some choices. Um, I can rationalize and reason. That, that mind, it does its job, it's to rationalize and reason. And that might not be congruent with what this heart-centered awareness is sharing. Right. And how you feel about something. And it's important to notice how you feel about things. And it's important to notice how you feel about things and then to know that that is your signal. Okay, so that is your signal that something is not congruent. And that Mm -hmm. can be enough to invite this awareness in and go, well, what if I could feel good about this? What would be different? And open, ask that open-ended question. And you can feel a shift in awareness in some way. Mm-hmm. And when you register that, then something's different. And in this work, you always want to notice what's different, not what's the same, because our ability to focus is what makes something something. Right. So, That's a really important point, yeah, I think, yeah. is is being able to notice what's different yeah. rather than what's the same. Right. Because we always hang on to what is the same because that's reassuring. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're deriving our sense of who we are in that moment is from. So we are our concerns. We love drama. Mm, <laughs> yes, love the human things. being loves drama. Oh, yep. we do. We do. And we love comedy, too. But I think comedy is a little more sophisticated part <laughs> of consciousness. You know, we seem to make drama out of anything. But comedy, that appreciation of how we're being in our drama, that seems to be a little more elevated step. I hadn't thought about that before. but I think You know, the, I think that's true. Because uh, if we just look at what's going on politically right oh. now, there's a lot of drama. Oh. and And... The only thing that I follow, and it's easier living in British Columbia, but the only thing that I I listen to Stephen Colbert, I listen to Seth Meyers, I listen to John Stewart. It's all the comedic approach to what's going on. Right, 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 right. Because they have a wonderful ability to articulate and they, they, they play the emperor's clothes for us. Mm hmm. They, they shine the light on what is supposed someone says something is, and then we get to see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So people are telling us stuff all the time. And is that true or not true? Or if we need to make judgments based on what someone is saying, how are we to make those decisions. I appreciate the comedian who, you know, it's like the court jester. He was the one who could speak, Mm -hmm. speak the truth, speak the truth. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's interesting because people send me stuff all the time (laughs) and I can have, Oh, I'll just use this. I have something that comes from my friends in Texas and it's pretty one has one way, but then, you look at the numbers that they that they give me about anything and you realize, well, I've seen the reverse with the same numbers. Mm-hmm. It's the same numbers, but everyone's interpreting it through their own biases. Right. And so what is true for you is how you set up your story. And then you get to look at, well, do I like, is this making me feel good? That's the power of the reframe is this validating me feeling better about myself in the world. That's my bottom line. Mm 
I think that's a really important question. Is yeah. this making, I mean, am I hanging on to this, this belief or uh, this idea? Is it, is it making me feel better or is it making me feel worse? Well, if it's validating a viewpoint, it's validating a viewpoint. The question is, is uh-huh. that a viewpoint that's helpful or not? Right. Right. Because, you know, there's there's a lot of truth to conspiracies at time. Mm-hmm. And I and I have mm-hmm. some people that are just they can give you every conspiracy there ever was. And you have to sort through that. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> Me, yes. I, I know what you mean. That. They they yep. they go for every conspiracy. You know, that's mm-hmm. their that's their energy. And then it's for me to look at that and go, OK, uh, let me I don't know. OK, so as soon as you have any kind of question, I would take that to to heart. I would take that because that is the difference between what you're seeing, what you're supposed to believe and what you feel. And I think that's where most of us get off track is that we'll just be ambivalent. So then we're in a state of ambivalency. And unfortunately, you can feel ambivalent about anything. So if you're just in a reality state of ambivalence because you heard something and you don't know how to interpret it and it's challenging you and I'm just going to feel bad, uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. So -hmm. then you find that you're just in a state of uncomfortable. So it doesn't matter whether the truth, good, bad, ugly, whatever is showing up, you're just going to be uncomfortable. So ambivalence is not neutrality. It's not I being neutral. I don't think so. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, right. But mm-hmm. it's it's a result I think for hearing the discrepancy between what you've convinced yourself is all right and what you feel is all right. Mm. And most of us, yeah, those are two different things. And, you know, that's the parenting skill. That's someone who's, you know, been allowed to develop the ability to question and challenge. And it's done in a way that's useful. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's just in a state of resistance or provoking or something, that's not helpful to me. That's Mm -hmm. just an acting out of energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, this has been fascinating. Um, So in actual, uh, let's see, you said there are three steps to reframing. I did. Um, I think you did. (laughs) I I think you did. Uh, Okay, so let's to wrap up, um, because we're, uh, it's been about an hour. And this has been, I I think people really get a lot out of this. This has taken a lot of different turns than I thought it would, which is wonderful. I love (laughs) that. I always like that. so if someone is, is, let's say they're stuck in feeling, you know, emotional, bad about something, mm-hmm. angry, whatever, and, and they want to shift that, they want to get out of it. Um, can you just sort of give an outline of, of, well, everybody's what, different. What it do. depends upon, uh, what your framework is for change. See, that's another thing. See, once you get in this work, you realize how, why we are where we are. Right. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of accident that happens. People are just unclear about how how they've made choices. And this is where they wind up and they have no awareness of how they got there. And I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty prevalent. So Mm -hmm. in stopping and asking people to start paying attention to noticing, you can pretty well figure out how you crafted (laughs) <laughs> what you have happening in your life, right? Uh-huh. So, and see, everything is patterns, and patterns have a lot of. There's, there's no, there's no 
judgment and patterns. They're not just necessarily simple waves or zigzags or circles or whatever, because we are such dynamic creatures. We are constantly having information come in us, through us, and around us all the time. So we're mm-hmm. working on so many different levels at the same time. And we co- we call it reality and um, at any one place. But reality is just really a mindset that you have. And we can share reality, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have all these other realities that are running. So it's really important to just be able to stop and go, okay, I just said that. Is that what I meant to say? Is this, is this the way I meant to be? Because most of us are totally unaware. Totally. Mm-hmm. I know. We're, I know. We run automated. Yeah. Automatic pilot. So, so if, we, if we just stop. So if we understand, okay, something's going on. And I'd like to feel different about that. And what would that be like if I could feel different about that? And you just felt how soft it went. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a place where you can allow yourself to feel different, and this is in a lot of people's constructs, Mm -hmm. is that control mechanism, it's it's rigid. Mm -hmm. And it's there for a reason. It helped develop some sense of safety at some point. So I don't judge any of that. Just notice, I I can notice, maybe you can, people have different Mm -hmm. levels of awareness of, okay, that feels kind of constrained. Well, and just notice the language. And what if it did feel constrained? What if I was in a state that this was soft and malleable? And it isn't what my mother said it was. And it isn't what my lover says it is. And it isn't what my teacher says. And it isn't what my boss says. It's what I notice. Mm-hmm. And you just go to that place and go, well, what if this could be different? Mm-hmm. And what if, what if I could look at this differently? What, what if I could yeah. see it? What if I could yeah. see it differently? Right. And you just shift to that place of so the question is, well, what if I could see it different? And someone says, Well, I can't see it different. There's no way this could possibly di- be different. And then you go, So, okay. Got that off your chest. Now, what would it be like if this could be different? <laughs> well, you know, that's a I I think so many people ha- haven't been exposed to the power of open-ended questions. Oh, I think yeah. they're incredibly powerful. And the idea of open-ended questions is that you're not looking for an answer. Mm-hmm. You're just asking the question, what if I could see this differently? Mm-hmm. What if I could, uh, what if I am contributing to this? What if I am well, it's a shift. helping to create yeah. this. You know, how, how would it be different? How would I know? Just asking these open ended questions without trying to look for an answer. I, I know that it just, it opens up possibilities and potentials. You know, it's having, we, we hear this term, an open mind. But, and I think what an open mind is, is it's a whole brain experience. Structure and knowledge are the power of the left brain. Well, that interaction with the right brain, the right brain is the global, is heart, is consciousness, it's pictures, it's the big picture. It speaks a different language than the left brain. So we have a thought there, we have an awareness, and we give it to our left brain, and its job is to create or do something with that information. 
And so it gets busy. So health is where we access both parts of the brain and information is flowing. So the creativity, the knowledge, and knowledge is based on what we think we know. (laughs) Knowledge is just something somebody's observed and then somebody observed it too and somebody supported it. And now all of a sudden we have a breadth of knowledge, right? And Let me repeat that. That's an interesting (laughs) statement that I'm really mulling over in my head. Knowledge is what we think we know. No, yeah. But it, it, and it's... It's someone's observation, or we use this term a lot, download, channeled Mm -hmm. information, Mm -hmm. or something that someone has says, this is it, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. this is it can can cover a broad spectrum of stuff, and you can develop a lot of systems of what you think you know about something, right? Mm -hmm. Many different Mm -hmm. ways to look at stuff. So that's the power of the left brain. It likes knowledge. What we're truly looking for, though, is our experience of knowing. And knowing is where is that clear cognizant sense of there's nothing, there's just awareness. There's no interpretation because mm-hmm. left brain is busy interpreting. And so we, and so the, the, we call it higher and we have to get out of that kind of thinking too. Um, there's just information. It's a different level of awareness. Okay. Um, in the spectrum of how awareness works for all of us. And I, I, there's nothing to prove knowledge comes this fact, truth, fiction base, You know, we want to know what something is. We want the knowledge of it so we can make a choice and a decision. And we can be afraid or we can be happy, whatever. But knowing comes from a whole different place. So it's the incorporation of both these different premises that makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. So if your left brain is set up as a tightly controlled mechanism, there is not a lot of leeway and choices available to what it constructs. Mm-hmm. So often what happens to people who are like students of life and have lots of degrees and things like that, I have found in my work with people is that there can be great conflict between the different schools of knowledge that this is the truth and this is the only truth. And then, but I know this knowledge and it doesn't necessarily agree with that knowledge. It's a different kind of knowledge. And this knowledge is says what I am the truth, right? It wraps itself Mm -hmm. up in that power of creation and whoever the creator of that truth was is playing out energetically. And every, so, you know, five different things, you have five different degrees and I'm not making any judgments in this. I'm just saying there's a, Uh, there's an energy there that likes knowledge. It likes Mm -hmm. different interpretations of things. And that's great. A lot of times there can be conflict between these things, or there can be disagreement to the degree that there is hidden in it, an undercutting of anything else. So Mm -hmm. I look Mm -hmm. at that and I step back and I go, Hmm, you know, I like that body of knowledge, but I never use it. Hmm. tells me there's something that's out of congruency with your 
reference of whatever truth is or whatever. Um, Because a lot of us go do do lots of different things and we never follow up. We don't we don't do anything. We just keep Mm -hmm. going more classes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's striking at that left brain and the Mm -hmm. right brain is going, you know, you know this. How many of us have turned around and said, and a good teacher says, you know this, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're just not wanting to admit that you know this because it's easier to think that you don't. That's a different state. So mm-hmm. this is all state-based, you know, experience. I don't know. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I found it's interesting because I was wrapping up, but it's kind of like a therapy session, you know. <laughs> The, the most important stuff comes out in the last five minutes. Yeah, right. So, so uh, I, I can't even remember now what you threw in there at the end, but I was noticing that it was very important. So when I go back through again and edit this, I'll, yeah. I'll know what we were just, what you were just saying. Yeah, I can go on. That's true. Well, you know, I think the, the challenges is that for me and the way my world is set up is that everything is like ticker tape. You know, it's streams of consciousness and nothing is free or separate from something else because that's the way I embrace the world. We're all one. So mm-hmm. you over there, there are individuals having this shared experience that we call consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So information works that way. You you go off and it's not that you mean to go off on a tangent, but you just find where this is connected to something else that's connected to something else. And then you realize how far away you have gotten from where you started. And, you know, you wonder sometimes, why don't you complete something? (laughs) And it's because it's connected to all these other things. And in time, you would get back to that. You would, you would, it would be circular, I'm sure. Um, or, or not. I mean, because maybe <laughs> and, it's and that's just. That's okay too, you know. Yeah, okay I mean, too. maybe yeah. uh, where you started is just a. A, a starting it's, point. It's, it's a starting point, yeah, right. And it's right. meant to take you off into right. another direction. Well, life is interesting this way to me, right? Mm-hmm. But the left brain people want that connection. They want A to B equals mm. C. And unfortunately, <laughs> there is another reality among other realities. And that one is that A and an orange and a hippo make a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. That is as real. So for those of us that get focused, that left brain is so busy looking for its conclusions because then it doesn't have to think again. Mm-hmm. And that's where this is the challenge and the delight of being doing consciousness work is that how did I get to a dinosaur? Wow. Okay. Right. And that mm-hmm. is that is as interesting to me as C, whatever C is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But well, that sounds like another conversation. Another conversation. Yeah. Anytime. My delight. <laughs> well, this has been, I think, with the dinosaur will end. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you so much, Janet. I This has been a very fun conversation. And uh, and hopefully our audience will find some nuggets that will get their <laughs> their right and left brains all jumbled up and working differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
I've oh, always, thank you. It's always been fun. And to everyone listening out there, enjoy life. And if you're not enjoying life, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have all your information on the website. Unless do you want, is there anything that you want to? Oh, uh, well, let me see. They could quickly. So we host weekly uh, with my co-host, Joan Newcomb, Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet on the CTR Network. And it's 11 o'clock on Wednesdays, uh, Pacific time, 11 a.m. And it repeats during the day and through the week. Or you can contact us um, at our radio show or my website at Janet and beyond.com and that's all spelled out and you can sign up i write weekly on mondays and put out what i'm noticing about in groups and in just awareness of energies and it's a great way to get involved and kind of just a comment um and i look to not be just words Right. And so there is so much that comes at people through the Internet and anything anymore that uh, if you're going to sign up for something, I want to make sure you you have a reason to appreciate what you're receiving. Mm -hmm. So um, and uh, let me see what else. Oh, I don't know. I do sessions over Skype and telephone and wherever people all over the world. So I'm I'm here to help. So just give me a call. Yeah, and if you're driving and you can't be writing right now, um, all of this will be on the website and links to so you can connect with Janet if you'd like. And I wish you so so well on your show, Janine. It's 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 delightful. You always have such a great grasp on what's going on there for being physical. Oh, <laughs> and the rest of it, and the rest of it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm really I'm so glad I I followed through and and yeah. am doing this because I'm really enjoying it. Well, see, that's listening. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in your thinking that could say, oh, no, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I had it's no like, idea what I was doing when I all started. Of it, yeah. All of us want to follow through with our passion. And mm -hmm. you have to be able to hear yourself to know what your passion is. Mm -hmm. And those of us that is for me, certainly about serving others is really me serving myself. You know, mm -hmm. we, ha we have to all own that. Yes, yes. You know, I appreciate the connections that we develop and are possible now, um, you know. And, you know, for whatever it looks like, it isn't. And the <laughs> world is doing just fine, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect opportunity to look at what we've created and how we can be different with it. And mm -hmm. that's what this time is about. So. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so easy to get taken away and swept up in people's stories and media and all that. But then look at underneath all the power of people showing up. And that's what people are doing. They're having to mm -hmm. look at what really motivates, motivates. There you go. Interesting. So people are more aware of coming from outside. So what, what is moving through them? Mm -hmm. That's probably a good way to put it. What is moving through them? What is it that they are expressing in the movement? Mm -hmm. Good. Those are really good ending thoughts. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care, Janet. Thank, Thank you so you much. Janet wasn't sure if she actually conveyed the steps to reframing, and she woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning with these thoughts that she wanted to be sure were shared. So here we go. Reframing is about 
how to take the emotional content and story out and just work with the energy patterns that are there, letting them unfold into something new or different, which is really taking the human reaction out and allowing for consciousness to play and evolve. We are the human interface of how consciousness knows itself. Here are six important points about successful reframing that Janet wanted me to share. Number one, be willing to address that you have an issue. Being honest with yourself. People can really play around with this. Remember, we can easily rationalize and reason, excuse and justify. Number two, recognize that there is a pattern even if you are not aware of it. Denial is powerful. It helps keep the pattern in place. Conversely, we can be very aware of the pattern and associate with it, thus never changing. Number three, access heart space. Here is where we have the ability to be neutral. Number four, if you could notice how your issue is being useful in some way, what might that be about? It's keeping you safe in some way. Number five, allow for it to be different. We don't always have to know the story or the specifics. Just about changing the state of awareness that one has been holding it in. This is the open-ended question that comes to mind in that moment. Number six, register the change. You feel something different. It's not about thinking something is different. Feel it in your body. You may or may not be able to articulate it which is fine. We are working the right brain and not the verbal processor, which is the left brain. And that is the reframe. Take care, everyone, and be well. Until next time, ciao. brings us to the end of our show. I hope you found something of value that you can use in your life. Thanks for listening. The Keeping It Real with Janine podcast comes out every two weeks. Questions, comments, or podcast topic ideas? We'd love to hear from you. Email at realjanine at gmail.com or Twitter at realjanine. Remember to spell Janine correctly. J-A-N-E. Check out the show notes, extras, and bonus recipes at our blog, realjanine.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Be well.